On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. If they think they can take advantage of you, if they think they're just going to run the gamut of their typical hospital cascade of interventions, they're going to try. So the more we become aware, educated, and knowledgeable about birth, that we can show up and hold them accountable, that's definitely the first step to me. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady, we have a very special guest today, and we are covering a topic that's extremely important to our community. Nicole Bailey is a childbirth educator, doula, and author with a passion for reclaiming birth as our birthright and healing birth trauma through encouraging new experiences. Nicole became a doula to protect and support other Black women in her community and to find the root of the Black maternal health crisis. In her book entitled Body, Belly, Soul, a Black Mother's Guide to a Primal, Peaceful, and Powerful Birth, she empowers Black mothers to manifest the birth they they deserve and truly desire by reconnecting with their roots. Now, this episode is a great compliment to Season 13, Episode 3, Why More Black Families Should Consider Having a Doula with Bear With Me Duo. Now, what makes this episode a little different is that we're talking about how you can cultivate a powerful birthing experience or support a birthing person that you might know. So without further ado, Nicole, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you guys for having me. That was a wonderful introduction. I feel so passionate about this mission and ensuring that Black women feel more empowered to give birth. So thank you. You are so welcome. We're so excited. (laughs) Yes, we are. And we're going to start with our quote of the day which will sound really familiar to you, Nicole, because this is one of your birthing affirmations that I thought just complemented this conversation so beautifully. Wonderful. My body is perfectly created for carrying and birthing my baby. I love it. And I'm going to say that again for the folks in the back. Make sure you write this down and repeat it 
all the time. My body is perfectly created for carrying and birthing my baby. Nicole, this conversation is one that is so important, particularly for Black mothers. And so when you created your list of affirmations, what was it in particular about this affirmation that was so important to you? Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked to many women about their birth experiences, especially Black women. And, you know, sometimes people are told their baby's too big for their body. They're not producing enough milk for their baby. I mean, just all these insecurities are constantly given to Black mothers while they're preparing, once they're in the middle of it, and during postpartum. So it's it's just very important for us to tell ourselves something positive while we're going through this so that, I mean, we can manifest the actual process for ourselves and stop taking in so much outside information, fear tactics from the hospitals, just to kind of push you in the way of more interventions. So I just wanted women to start repeating more positive things themselves about birth and their baby and the process. Yeah. So powerful. We need that these days too, because I feel like a lot of times we just kind of adapted you know, what the old school thinking was or like what we were taught about birth, right? And it doesn't have to be that way. So we definitely need you and the work that you're doing. So we appreciate you, Nicole. Can you talk to us a little bit about your origin story and what your journey to becoming a doula and childbirth educator was like? Yes. I've always had a strong passion for human biology, psychology, and Black history. And I think that the Black doula, the Black midwife, that's really where that intersection comes together is, you know, creating life. So after experiencing my, my birth with, well, my daughter's birth and achieving the exact primal and peaceful yet powerful birth that I set out to have, I became to see like a disconnect, like from like my friends who, you know, are just as educated as me or just as experienced in life as me, but they were just shied away from like birth, like preparing for birth, you know, they kind of just left everything in the hands of the hospital. And I just, I just felt that level of disconnect and I wanted to do something about it. So I started studying, reading many books about it, took the doula certification course, mainly out of the desire to like know more information to, you know, to create the book, to write the book. I just wanted more, you know, information, just more experience to, to put on besides just my birth experience. Exactly. So I just felt like, you know, many times when we were saying they were just going with the flow or they would take the pain as it goes, if it, if it gets too strong, then maybe they would get an epidural or maybe not. And what I learned from my experience of preparing for birth is like, you, you need to know before you get that far that you really want to have a natural birth. It's not something or, or an intervention free birth. It's not something that you just like can go with the flow about. It's something that you really have to be intentional about. You need to say these affirmations. You need to believe in yourself. And I just really felt like that's what was missing in our community is that women didn't believe in themselves. People did feel like the mortality rates were scaring them more than anything else. So I wanted to do something about that. So within my book, I describe the importance of your why. And I really encourage women to find out why they want to birth the way they want to birth. Is it to heal from a past trauma birth? 
Is it because you don't trust the hospital with your birth or because you want to birth with black women like you? And, you know, there's different reasons why you would want to try to achieve that natural birth. So I try to dissect that in the beginning of the book. Okay, Nicole, that was so powerful. And I really appreciate you just sharing about how you had friends that had the same level of education, probably the same level of, level of access, but maybe they just, there wasn't a conversation around being intentional about their birth and not just kind of leaving it up to the doctors. Because I think many of us were just taught to do that, right? It's just like, oh, my doctor got me. They have my best interest at heart, wink, wink, you know? Right. And so it's a, it's a little tricky. Now, we've talked a lot about this topic in general, and so we've learned a lot about this. And one of the things that we've learned is that when you experience some type of mistreatment, in addition to having your provider note in your chart that they might refuse you know, to give you some type of treatment that you're requesting, there are other ways that we can advocate for ourselves. So do you have any other ways in mind that you can share with our listeners so we can kind of put that little pro tip in our back pocket? So I listed out a few different tips. But then I had a very powerful story that I want to share with you guys about my cousin. So I'll go over the tips. So one, I would say having a doula that's very familiar with the medical system dynamics in your area, because they usually know what hospitals are more likely to induce or have C-sections and things like that. Two, choose providers that listen to you, look like you, and be ready to switch at any inkling of a notice that they don't want to listen to you. So instead of just like putting in your charge, it's like, I'll, I'll switch. I, if you've read the whole book, I switched from OBGYN to a midwife in the beginning of my pregnancy. And I felt good about it. I mean, I told her that I want to have a natural birth. She laughed at me and I was like, okay, I'm not comfortable here. Like I'm out. Like first I just felt like a number in general, like they were just like rotating you in and out and not really you know, not really explaining like the birth. It's just like, you've been here before. Like, you know, I'm sure you know what it's like. I'm like, I've never had a kid though. <laughs> like, But they weren't really going right. in depth about the process. And then once she laughed, when I told her about my desire to birth without epidural, I was like, done and done. And I just started looking for other choices. So it's just really important to just find a team that wants you to birth the way you want to birth for one, because otherwise you're going to go down their own rabbit hole. And of course, the most radical decision is just not to birth in a hospital at all, birth at home. Our great grandmothers did it. Our grandmothers did it. It can be done. But this story from my cousin, oh my goodness, I had to go get all the details this morning because I wanted to tell you guys so bad. So, so this is another very common thing. So my cousin gets diagnosed with gestational diabetes one time. So I guess following that, they recommend a gestational diabetes nutritionist. So that person was optional. She could do that or not do that. She could just say, oh, you have gestational diabetes, boom, you'll get induced at 37 weeks to end. But being my cousin, of course, she was like, mm, okay, I'm going to go meet with the nutritionist. And she learned how to like trick herself and test her numbers for diabetes, you know, daily or after every meal. And she never got the numbers or the levels that blood sugar levels that she had the one time they tested her at her appointment. So every time she would go back to the doctor, they would be like, oh, this is really good. Like you, you don't show any high levels of having diabetes anymore. This will be fine, whatever, whatever. But then the closer she got to her due date, they were like, oh yeah, it's no day in your record that you had gestational diabetes. So we should go ahead and schedule your induction. 
And she was like, well, why would you do that? Because the numbers never showed that ever again. So proud of my cousin. Trust me. My baby cousin. I was so proud. (laughs) And she was like, no, I'm not, I'm not scheduling an induction. You guys have been very adamant about congratulating me about my numbers not being up. And I mean, I essentially don't, I don't have gestational diabetes. I have them showing no signs, you know, there's signs, blurred vision, whatever. She was like, I don't, I don't feel like I have any warning signs. She trusted her gut. She knew her body, you know, very Serena Williams. It's like, no, I know when something's wrong, this is something wrong. and This is not. And she didn't get induced. She actually, once she hit 40 weeks, of course, they were really, really pressuring her, but she went to 40 weeks and four days and she had her baby, no interventions, no medications. And then one other thing they tried to use as a fear tactic was they were like, well, usually people with gestational diabetes, the baby will be too big. You might get stuck trying to come down the birth canal. Baby was seven pounds, six ounces, average, average little weight. (laughs) And I was just, I was just so proud of her. I was like, that is a true story of advocating for yourself. Like, I mean, in a situation that was, I mean, very likely for you just to be like, all right, let me just go along with what they're saying. Exactly. And she oh didn't. And I Kudos was like, to her, oh, okay? Yes. I know. I was like, oh, I'm about to rave about you, girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let, let's give her all the props because yes, I, baby I can't imagine how hard that had to have been for her to consistently advocate for herself because I know that there are moments when you're in the doctor's office and you know, and you like, you write the things down, you write your questions down, you write all the things you want to say, you get in there and then the doctor or the nurses start talking and the way they're engaging you, you might back down. Yeah. Back down. Yeah. Like you don't want to say anything. And so kudos to baby cousin for putting her needs out there and insisting that they listen to her. Yes. Angela Claiborne. <laughs> you know, it might be helpful for us to dive into some strategies on like, what do you, what type of energy do you have if you are going into the hospital and you want to ask your questions, how do you prepare for that appointment? And the reason I ask that too is because it can be intimidating, right? You know, being with someone who, oh, they have a degree, they're a doctor and you're in there and maybe it's, you know, we're in the midst of COVID, right? So maybe you don't have your partner that's able to be in there with you as an advocate and you're just there by yourself. And like you said, they, she laughed at you. That's so disrespectful to me. Like you laughed at a black woman saying she wants to have a, you know, an unmedicated, birth? Like what? So what do you think are some of the tips that we can use to advocate for ourselves appropriately in that setting? So one, I do have a list of questions in my book of questions you should ask your provider to make, you know, one to make them aware that you are, you are interested in your birth. Like you're not just here to follow directions. You have, you have written down choices. You have studied, you know, like kind of just show them that you care about your birth. I think that's, I mean, that's something that we have to do. I know it sounds, it might sound silly that, oh, why do I have to tell them I care about my birth? But I mean, if they think they can take advantage of you, if they think they're just going to run the gamut of their typical hospital cascade of interventions, they're going to try. So the more we become aware, educated, and knowledgeable about birth that we can show up and hold them accountable, that's definitely the first step to me. Go in, ask you a few questions. Hey, ask like, how do you feel about the black maternal health rates? 
see if you can shake them up. You know what I mean? Like they might be like, yeah, I really, or, you know, have you ever seen a really positive birth that you would love to see again? Or just like, see if they even, have they ever even seen a good birth, you know, like just try it out, see how they react. I love that. You're right. And even having them maybe define what is a good birth from a medical perspective, right? Because what you think of as a good birth might be different from what they see. And so you want to make sure that you're on the same page. I I love these questions. Yeah, just, have you seen birth in its natural state? Right. Right. You don't have to do that to graduate from medical school. You don't have to see birth in its natural state. You have to see a C-section though. (laughs) <laughs> of course, don't have right. To see birth in this natural space. So get Nicole's wow. book. Use the questions from the book. Yes. Okay, that's one. Prepare in advance, and then you said something else, and it just escapes my my mind at the moment. But I have to listen back to the episode when you gave another tip in there. I guess holding the doctors accountable. Yeah, I mean they know the headlines. You can act and go on with your intuition. That's the other thing you say. You just guess. go with your gut. If you get that feeling, and you're like, I just asked this question. I didn't like the way that. Mm, we got to listen to our gut, right? Yeah. Beautiful. And so how can someone mentally prepare? So they're going to go in, they're going to ask the questions, they're going to engage the doctor, they're going to advocate for themselves. How do they mentally prepare to do that? So for this one, I thought of four, four ways I think you should mentally prepare. One surround yourself with positive stories. What we feed our brain, what we feed, what we take in matters, you know? So when I was pregnant, I watched positive, like I watched all like the spiritual water bursts, like with the colliding candles and everything. I didn't actually get to have one of those, but I just watched bursts where women just look strong in control and calm and just, you know, just serene. Like they were just birthing queens. That's the kind of births I watched. And that's how I felt. That's how I birthed. So I think that's important. Even like I said before, I had friends that may not have had the best stories and we're, you know, pregnant around the same time. Maybe they gave birth like a month or six months before me. If they had a traumatic experience, I was just like, all right, I'm going to talk to you on the back end. <laughs> so I have to take a little break because right now I just felt like I needed to talk to people with, you know, stories that align with the story I wanted. Just, just to manifest like what I want, you know, I'm still friends with those people, (laughs) but just, you know, not to get all caught up in their storylines. And then two, I, the positive affirmations, which we talked about being intentional, affirming you and your baby. Three, I would say meditation and yoga, you know, it teaches you the breathing techniques and, you know, just how coping comfort measures during that labor process. And then my favorite one is visualization. So I have a friend that's getting ready for her second birth now. And I'm just like, you know what? This is one tip I haven't given you. Start visualizing your baby, breathing your baby down out of the birth canal, breathing your baby out into your arms. Just start thinking about that process over and over again. You know, once or twice a day, just imagine, just imagine birthing your baby out and holding up for her. You better preach, Nicole. I am almost a year postpartum and I use a lot of those tips. So I'm just like so excited over here. Like, yes, girl. 
it's so powerful. Our mind is a powerful thing. You literally hit the nail on the head with everything. And I love that you also mentioned setting a boundary with your friends because a lot of times that was the big thing for me is like putting on blinders and sis, I love you, but I, I don't have the space and the capacity and the bandwidth to take on your birthing experience because it wasn't what I'm trying to manifest. And that can be tricky, but that's important to, to discuss. How did you navigate that conversation? Do you mind sharing? Like, how do you have that conversation? <laughs> it's we don't funny have to go because, into oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me think about okay. what I say before Let's think about someone it. knows okay. that I'm talking about them. Exactly. Um, exactly. Cause I love this woman to death. I remember vividly one day I was walking around downtown DC. I think me and my husband, I went to lunch or dinner or something. And it was like the week that I was due or something, or maybe I was feeling some type of contractions. And my friend was like, you need to go to the doctor. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I feel fine. I was like, I, I, you know, I've really planned this out and I, I feel comfortable with doing this, but I will let you know as soon as the baby's here. And then that was kind of it. Like, I just, I'll just let you know the baby's nice here. Don't worry. I'm not, yeah. I'm yeah. not worried about it, but you don't need to be worried about it. Just, you know, relax. Yes, I love that. I love setting that boundary with folks, but doing it in a way that's caring, right? Like that's acknowledging that, hey, I see that you care about me and I got this. And because I know you care, I will bring you in when when it's time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I I love that. So we've talked about kind of setting boundaries with the doctor with some of the f- your friends in your life, mm-hmm. but one more person. Yes, yes, there is one more person. What is the best way that we can communicate our birthing needs to a partner or? Yeah, our, our birthing partner, whoever's going to be in that space, in that journey with us. Because I do want to acknowledge that there are some women out there who are birthing and not in a partnered relationship. Right, right, right. So just whoever your intimate circle is. I would definitely encourage people to birth with their most intimate and supportive circle, which doesn't typically, you know, if that, if it's the annoying mother-in-law, if it's the over-aggressive sister, whoever it is that would distract your, your energy or bring their own trauma into the birthing space, I would let my partner know like, hey, you know, I really, really don't want your sister in town that week. Like it's, you know, it's going to be a lot for me. You know, just try to express that you're just really protecting your energy, which is kind of what we talked about before. Just letting the people around you know that, you know, you're really focused on birthing something that you take serious and then you just want to protect your energy. So you want to make sure the people that are around that are around you are the most supportive and maybe, and maybe I've taken a birthing class with you. Like maybe you took a birthing class with your sister or, you know, whoever your partner may be. So I would say that. And I know for us, our doula had this question on our, our birthing plan and I mean, there was like a number of questions, like, in what order do you want to start telling your friends or family that you had the baby? You know, there's different types of like planning that you can do that aren't just about the hospital, but also about, you know, your dynamic with your, with your partner so that they understand, you know, how you want to move forward. Like, Hey, 
you know, don't call your mom while I'm in the middle of labor because she's going to be blowing up our phone <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, some of those things you might want to go ahead and express during the birth plan. Yeah. Y'all better, y'all better, y'all better go get Nicole's book. I'm just amen and I'm on mute amen and so I don't interrupt. The, like, like I don't want anybody hearing <laughs> You're just, you're just on point. You are just, you're speaking facts. And I think it's just so powerful too that we see representation. Like we see black women who have given birth the way that they deserve and desire. And talking about this inspires, I believe, inspires other black women to know that wait, even though I may not have seen this in my immediate you know, family or vicinity, like it's possible. So I'm just, I'm super excited for your work too, Nicole. You better go ahead, girl. Go ahead, girl. So what about, you're so welcome. What about when you think about, you know, your partner or your family or friends or whoever's going to be there supporting you, how can you make those people feel included in the birthing process? Probably specifically your partner, if you do have a partner, because I know sometimes, especially if it's a man, they're like, what do I do? But they're very much part of the process as well. So how did you yes. work on having yeah, your partner? Okay. Now, my husband was amazing. I mean, he did far better. I mean, I did some of these instructions I didn't give him. You know, he just, I was like, wow, like you really handle that, babe. So I will say what we did, you know, for me to keep him engaged and things that he, he I guess he started to do to stay engaged. One, we did... Well, one, I would tell people, we didn't do this specifically, but I know people that did. The study the Bradley method. That's the method where the husband is like your primary support during birth. Two, attend birth classes together. I do not understand why so many people do not attend birth classes. And they're like, oh, it's too expensive. I'm like, go to birthing class. You're going to need to know, you know, when you're in early labor, when you're in active labor, what, how your partner can help you through this. You know, I'm not surprised that so many people go to the hospital so early when they haven't taken birthing classes because you don't know where you at. <laughs> You're going to need to know. So we did birthing classes together. You know, one of those long, like eight hour day ones. So we were together all day, you know, writing things down, using the balls, practicing. And I don't know if all that is available now during the pandemic, but you can still do it online. <laughs> so do that together. Doulas often encourage men. Hopefully, if your doula, you know, comes from a partner situation as well, they will know how to encourage the man to step in, you know, give him tips on like how to do counter pressure on the hips and things like that. Like our doula was really good about that. Like she would like make us practice in front of her. He would be like, practice labor. She was like, this is not a game, Johnny. You know, she was very serious with him. It was cute. Period. Um, (laughs) You know, we love her to this day. And then four, I would say, you know, the apps, like use the baby development app. So you guys can be, you know, starting to become engaged with the baby. Like he had the app. He would be like, oh, look, our baby is a watermelon today. Or that's probably too big. My baby's probably never a watermelon, but <laughs> a lemon, a lime, a strawberry, whatever. <laughs> I can't believe I said watermelon. But yeah, he, he would be engaged. He would be on the little app and he would be like, oh, wow, they got their fingertips today or whatever. And he would just bring something to our attention and we would talk about it. And then the other app is the contraction timer app. Now, I didn't even tell him to download this app. I was just in the midst of my contractions and he was clocking them. I was zoned out and he was able to like contact the hospital, contact the doula, tell everybody where I was at. I was like, I was, I was surprised. I was like, oh, I must have been out of it because he just had to step up. That's amazing. 
That is amazing. And that's, that is the ideal, right? Is that you have the partner who is there and is involved and engaged. And I love what you said about your doula is that person who's going to have that conversation with him, right? Your doula is that person that's going to say, all right, get it together because this ain't about you right now. This is about her. (laughs) And so that you don't have to say it, right? And so that is all leading up to the birth, right? Now, so many people after giving birth experience postpartum depression, experienced baby blues. And so how can someone minimize the risk of postpartum depression and baby blues and maximize on a more peaceful postpartum experience. Right. Now, I will say baby blues, especially that first time, is almost inevitable because, I mean, you're just becoming a new person. Like, you're just, you're letting go of yourself. I'm Terry. I know you're probably still going through this. you like, who? Can you define that, Nicole? Can you define baby blues just so in case folks are completing that with uh, postpartum depression? I mean, baby blues are really just the hormonal shift. So one, you're going to have a drop in your hormones. So just like when you have your period or anything else, when that hormone shift happens, it's biological. There's no, there's almost nothing we can do about that part. That's going to happen. You're going to be a little emotional. I remember my husband made a video of like the whole birth process and I literally bust out in tears at the end. I was like, well, that was not me. Like I literally just cried. It was like the day or two after I gave birth. I was just very emotional. And then second, just as women that we are today, you just lose a sense of self that it's just forever changed once you become a mom. And I don't know if that's talked about a lot as far as baby blues, but it's very much true. And then the isolation piece, especially with the pandemic, people don't want to bring people in to hurt the baby. Your immune system is weak because you just give, have just given birth. So I think the isolation piece also is going to cause a little bit of like, you know, being a little unsettled, but that's okay. You know, you should take five days in the bed, five days around the bed, and then five days in the house before you really, you know, start to walk downstairs or something like that. They say like 15 days is a good amount of time to like go through that first shift of like the hormone drop and everything. And then you really should start to try to create some ways to uplift your spirits is what basically what I did. So like maybe before my husband went back to work, I was like, you know, really like, can we walk through like how to put the car seat in the car, how to, you know, use a stroller? Like, can we just go around a block just so I can see what it feels like to walk outside with this whole human that I'm responsible for? Because it's, I mean, it's overwhelming. Like you need to like, kind of know that some of those things need to be walked through. You need a a couple test runs before that's really your life. And I'm sure like, like you said, everybody doesn't have a partner. Everybody doesn't have that. But, you know, even the first time I went to the grocery store, I called my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, can you go to the grocery store with me? Because I I don't know how I feel about (laughs) going to the grocery store right now with the infant, you know? So I carried her in in the baby carrier and my friend like pushed the car and I just got some groceries, you know, just like little, like you just need to know what life feels like with the infant sometimes. Like you just need to test it out and you might not want to test that out by yourself. And I feel like that's fine. 
Because it's scary. It's just, it's just, it's just, a, it's a big change to be responsible for someone. So that's what I'll say about that piece. But as far as like hands-on ways to prepare, definitely have a postpartum healing kit in the bathroom so that, you know, you're not fumbling around, bleeding all over the place, crying, like, I need this, I need this pad. I need this diaper. Like have your stuff together so you can try to keep it together when you're in the bathroom. Prepare a little newborn and breastfeeding station in the bedroom so that you can kind of handle like the nighttime. You know, at that point, babies are like having bowel movements so often. Now my my daughter is like almost three. So I'm like, whew. And it was like when you had to use the bathroom like eight times a day. Like that's just, it was just a lot. So just have everything close by. Create some type of fresh air routine, like a morning walk. I know I joined like a mommy running club. That was, you know, just very like low key. Like I could, we could breastfeed, we could stop, we could be late. Like nothing was really like high pressure because everybody knows like this is everybody's here during their maternity leave and they're kind of just trying to, you know, try to learn how to get outside. And then you just have that support. Like you meet new, new, other new moms and you can just talk about things and get tips or, you know, whatever, just kind of. It's kind of communicate with other moms. I mean, I didn't, when I think about it, I should have started a black one, but I was just going to one with anybody, but I really should just actually start a black one myself in DC area, but it was still nice. It was still nice just to meet with anybody and talk about any new mom. So that was nice. And finding mommy and me activities. I used to take her to mommy and me yoga again, no pressure. Like you can be late. You can breastfeed in there. Like everything was just kind of like chill. Like, come in. Oh, your baby's crying too much. Let's do something else. Like the teacher was just really good. Like she wasn't, you know, too demanding. She knows like we're just fumbling around trying to make it work. And some of the museums do like a lot of little mommy and me things and just like little places, museum tours, running club, just find something to, to find you like a mommy group, a new mom group. And they might not be your friends forever, but. (laughs) I love those. Those are so amazing, Nicole. And I love the no pressure aspect to it, where it's like, it's okay if you're late. It's okay if you have to breastfeed or the baby's crying. That feels so good to not have that pressure as a new mom, because like you said, it can be very overwhelming and it is a huge adjustment. So those are amazing. Now, Nicole, I'd love to know, before we dive into the next phase of this conversation, I'd love to know, is there one thing in particular that you wish every birthing person knew? Like if you could like had a microphone and really say it to the world, which you kind of are doing right now, right? And you were just to share something with every birthing person. What would that be? You know, I really battled with what this would be. I think that it would be, you have the power to birth exactly the way you want, not the way that your doctor wants, but it takes full and intentional preparation. I love that. So pick up body, belly, soul. And I'll teach you how to do that. <laughs> yes. Mic get that drop, book. okay? Get that book. <laughs> Mic drop, mamas. All right, Dom. I think it's time. It's All right, Nicole. Time. It's about All that right. time, Nicole. We're, we're about to shift up the energy of this conversation, okay? And because okay. we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie, it's okay to be classy, it's okay to be ratchet. You can be elegant and dance to strip club music if you so choose. So Nicole, we wanna invite, oh, we can't wait to hear it, okay? Cause we wanna invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So Nicole, do you take on the challenge? 
Of course. All right. We got her. We got her. So, Nicole, we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions. And we have three photos from your IG pulled up on the big screen. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're going to share one of these photos. You have to choose a number between one and three. We're going to share a photo. And we want you to provide us with more context about the photo that we would not know just by looking at the photo. So, let's dive on in, Dr. Dom. So, the first question what is the best piece of wisdom or advice that you've ever received? Postpartum advice? You know, one, one of my friends, and this is a good classic, classy ratchet. I don't know, classic. She said, you know, when you go to that postpartum, make sure you got your shapewear gear so you don't be embarrassed when you try to go back out with your man because everybody else look good. And that was a good tip. That was a very good tip. I was like, all right, well, I have like my little waist trainer. Like, you know, the days that I wanted to, like, put on a dress, <laughs> I was like, okay, I could look well put together. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to need that. Things are leaking and dripping and stagging. You needed a little... Loaded. Yes. And I was like, you know, that was some good advice. Because <laughs> nobody's Amen. telling you that. Nobody's yeah. telling you, like, you still going to need to keep up with still the Still going to look pregnant now. for a little Yeah. 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 That's that's a good piece of advice there. Now, Nicole, I have four words for you now, okay? okay. Twerk or two-step? Twerk. <laughs> she was like, uh, obviously twerk. Hey, we love it. We love it. <laughs> yes, I love it. Okay. So, since you're out there, you're ready to twerk. What is the sexiest item you own? Oh, my goodness. So... <laughs> Y'all do not want to know what this is. I think we so do. I, I, think I we recently do. got married, right? And one of my friends gave me, like, you know, the, the old school, like, lingerie for the bachelor for the bridal shower. So there was, like, this bra with, like, the whole, like, nipples cut out or whatever. I was like, I'm going to pack it for the honeymoon, right? I packed it. My husband was like, is it supposed to be like that or is it just too small? <laughs> I was like, babe, it's like a lot for me to put this on. I tried it on at home. I was like, all right, no, I think it looks good. I think it looks good. Okay. You don't even appreciate the nipple cut out. Like, it's it's easy access. Easy access. access. He was like, is that a thing? I was like, yes, it's a thing, babe. I need him not to listen to this part. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to stop at this part of the interview. Like, okay, stop here. That's it. That's a good story, Nicole. We have three sentence completions for you now, Nicole, before we dive into the photo. So the sentence completion, the first one for you is one question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is... I think I wish people asked me more often about how I manage it all, how I manage my schedule. I feel like I'm a really well like planned out I feel like I have advice to give in that space too like how to be a wife a mom professional start a side hustle write a book like I feel like I have advice to give in that space I wish you asked more questions about that well since you put it out there our next sentence completion is (laughs) I manage it all by I manage it all by being intentional by writing things down and by making sure I get Nicole time, me time. Amen to that, okay? You better Feeling speak my own that word. 
come on. We're just going to let a little pause after that. That's powerful. Fill your own cup, ladies. You got to fill our cup in order to pour into others. I love it. Yes. And that leads us to one sentence completion now, since we kind of piggybacked off the other question or other, the other sentence completion. So this last one is, what I love most about myself is... I love that I pivot a lot in life. That I just, I keep going. I always find something new to be engaged in and to enjoy through different phases of my life. And I enjoy that. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. We see you. We see you out there. (laughs) All right, Nicole, here's the time. The time has come for you to choose a number between one and three. Okay. I'm trying to think if you guys would have chose like the funnest picture for number one, if you guys try to mix it up. (laughs) (laughs) They're all pretty fun, honestly. Okay. (laughs) I knew you were going to choose two. Okay, here we go. Now, Nicole, some people are not tuned in on video, so let them know what you're looking at first and then describe something about the picture that we wouldn't know by looking at the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Can I find this body? I need to find this body myself. Girl, I feel you, okay? I feel you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That was so cute. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) Look at my stomach was so flat. Nicole, you sound like me looking at old pictures from back in the day before the baby. I'm like, damn, look at that body. But what is it? It's crazy. You used to think that you were big. Like, you used to be like, oh, dang, I really wasn't that small. But you look back, you're like, you were I need to work on this. And then after, you're like, oh, dang. So hard on my stomach. My stomach was fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, what do you want to know about the picture? What's the context? Where did you take this picture at? What do you remember about that day? Anything in particular? Yeah, so I was in Vegas for one of my friends, maybe 28th or 29th birthdays. Right before I met my husband, so maybe one of my friend's 28th birthdays. And yeah, I was in Vegas. I was just living a life. I mean, I was, I think I had just moved to DC at the time. And I was just being a city girl. Hey, city girl, city girl. I love Literally. it. No, just okay, okay. Uh, like, yes, yes. Period. We know. Period. We got you. We got I love you. it. Thank you for playing this fun game with us. Yes. Oh, this has been so insightful, so fun. Just an inspiration for other Black mothers that want to have the birth they deserve and desire. So we just appreciate you and your time, your book, what you're doing for the community. And we'd love to just let people know where they can find you and if you have any closing words. Yes, please pick up the books on Amazon, Body, Belly, Soul. You can find me at one Nicole Bailey, or you can find the book um, Instagram at Body, Belly, Soul. Please stay connected. And you can have the birth you desire. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note, that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health. 
but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.